Welcome, welcome, welcome to Serially Hook Star Wars. We're your hookers, Chris and Rashad. And today, I don't speak binary. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing really well. Uh, I also don't speak binary, and I love that quote. So, And I'm excited to talk about our topic of today. I'm also excited about all the amazing things we have down the pipeline. We're going to take a little bit of a slow down, you know, slow down into a like um, a comfortable fourth, third gear here um, as Mando ra- wap- waps up. <laughs> okay. Great start, Rashad. And we're going to be doing some D&D as we come down next week, a few weekly hooks. We have a couple other special episodes coming down the pipeline, but... Now that Mandalorian is over for season three, we're going to be not doing weekly coverage of Star Wars, as you can imagine. But stay tuned for everything. And to do that, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. And what else do you do? Visit us at SeriallyHook.com, wherever you want. And I guess, Chris, without further ado... (laughs) Of course. Let's take back our planet. Oh yeah, let's do that. Let's take back our planet and f- and some of the good quality of Star Wars shows. I want to talk about the season finale for sure, Chris. Yeah. And I also want to talk about the season as a whole and also the show as a whole and also the state of Star Wars. So there's quite a bit to tackle in this episode of Serially Hooked, but... I think the best thing to start is what we saw on screen this week. And I want to get your temperature, gauge your temperature really quickly on how high level did you think about the episode by itself? Not as in a, you know, a statement about season three or Star Wars or Mandalorian, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but how did you think that this episode was as a standalone episode? I think we get some things that are very good, but there are also some problems with it. There are, Again, I've said this throughout the season and I'm not going to make this a comment about the season, but just it's also in this episode. It's like prequely in a way. Like there's just too much of things sometimes. There was a lot of drama that I really liked. We got a lot of especially Grogu stuff. We get a lot of pathos when it comes to Grogu and the Mandalorians, which is good, but I just, I don't know. I I think I'm slightly removed now from things. So I see th- I'm not as enthusiastic. And so I, I'm more like, yeah, it was it was solid. There were some uh, great scenes in there. But um, you know, I'm not this is by far the weakest uh season finale for me personally in terms of the enthusiasm that it conjure, conjures up in me what what was the uh experience like for you yeah it's not a great episode of tv it's a fun episode it's cool to watch i guess in parts um there's mm. a couple of cool fight scenes i really liked um there's some visuals that are really interesting some interesting ideas some bad ideas some things that are just are kind of confounding and also just it's a reflective of a lot of other things, but we'll save that for the end. But overall, I enjoyed it. It's a fine episode of TV. It's not an upsetting mm-hmm. episode of television like some of the other ones this season. Um, but it's not like a, I'm going to jump off a building because I'm so excited like some mm-hmm. of the other <laughs> season finales that we've seen. Yeah, For the first time, 
uh, I'm not super excited about the next season of Ma- the Mandalorian. So yeah, let's save our conversation about the whole Mandalorian. Yeah, 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 um, for sure. But uh, I guess let's go through the episode beat by beat. We'll we'll kind of speed through it this time just because we want to add a wider conversation mm. at the end of this podcast. So um, I guess it does start um, right off after the last episode. Um, they're on the run from the Mandalorians or the people who survived the trap, basically. Um, and then they communicate with Axe Woes, who basically can make it back to space with his jetpack, but the other people couldn't make it half a mile, whatever. Um, so they're talking to Axe Woves as he goes up to the, the fleet. You have him warning the fleet about uh, them coming, them finding sanctuary in the survivor ca- the survivor caves or whatever, where they plant life. And we kind of see Mandalore's uh, resurgence in a way. Um, I think there's really interesting stuff here. There's some things that make no sense in terms of, um, like the jetpack thing, or in terms of mm. again these surviving Mandalorians, I want to know more about them. Like this is where in my head, when you say this is prequely, this is kind of an indication of that. Where you have an an idea, whether it's interesting or not, is really you know not really the point. The point is that it is not as it's not th- thought through and not methodically put together in a way that we can actually see what's going on for these people so i i just felt like the intro of this episode is fine um i like the idea or my favorite idea of this like little sequence here is um the the idea that plant life is regrowing on mandalore even more so from when the mandalorians were there in the past it's a commentary on how like we as humans destroy the planet and with our disappearance you know life persists as as i think that's a literal quote in this episode um but this idea that mandalore the new mandalore can be even better than the mandalore was in the past um in terms of having dome cities and a huge desert in between so there's interesting ideas within that um but i thought it was kind of like meh yeah i thought in that scene particularly they wanted to quote life finds a way without overtly saying life finds a way and yeah, I agree. The The whole cove thing was super interesting. I would have really liked... It's difficult to, to like talk about this without talking about the whole season, but just give all of the like Mandalorian survivors, give them like an episode to develop this, this stuff. Because yeah, as you said, it's just, oh yeah, they're here too. And they can, whenever the plot, plot dictates and it's convenient, they'll show up. Otherwise they're totally irrelevant um the other thing that i really liked obviously was grogu helping din escape um that was a lot of fun and you can just see as well that the mandalorians have their trouble with (laughs) facing up against beskar clad stormtroopers but the the like cove kevin thing as well just going back to that circling back there and it's beautiful it was like really well done but it also felt like out of place because it was just oh yeah it's there and then we're moving on we're literally jetpack jetpack flying out of here like a second later and i don't know it's it's very erratic another thing that's like exemplary of what we're talking about is the grogu saving din so grogu din is fighting his way free of the only the two imperial guards who are decided to like 
walk him down the aisle, which is never really smart. Walk him down the aisle, take him to his like combines, whatever. That's really stupid. And he's fighting, and then Grogu all of a sudden shows up and saves him. That's a really cool idea. But why is Grogu by himself? Who mm-hmm. let him go around like or just roam the hallway alone? Like these are like things that just kind of don't make sense if you think about it twice. Uh, so it's just an example of what we're talking about of cool ideas in some cases, but not really thought through. I would have loved though the scene in the in the cave. It's like everybody's jetpack flying out of there, and then Grogu is just left behind. Everybody forgot about him, and that he doesn't have a jetpack. That you know, just logistically, that would have been kind of funny. Yeah, something make it interesting. It's just so confusing to me that they just don't show us the details or give us the the rationale behind the interesting ideas that they hmm. you know bring together. But I think after this sequence, we have I think one is the most interesting thing for me at least um, was the fight scene in the hallway with the different um, blast shields. Yeah, I found that to be really really well done, really interesting, captivating. Obviously, you know. Mando's not going to die there, but that's not the point. I think it's just, it's visually stunning. I found that to be a really cool, like any time you have like a a sequence fight where you know what's coming next and you get interesting choreography each one of the, each way, I found that to be really cool. And then obviously R5 and the mouse droids on the side. Just like, <laughs> the best. So, yeah. I love R5 so much. <laughs> I was so happy that he was back. I was confused as to how he came back mm-hmm. because... Din didn't fly the N1 Starfighter there, right? Din nope. flew on one of the, ga- the gauntlet ships. So I'm just like, huh, okay. So how is R5 there? Where is the N1? What's going on? Again, yeah. details and, and you know, like rationale is missing here. But the fight scene I thought was really fun to, fun to watch. Yeah, this is basically also a prequel quote, but the one good one where it's kind of reminiscent of the uh, of this, of the end fight scene in episode one with Darth Maul obviously and I really like that as well and just as you said the it just gets better and better and you know Din starts out with just a dagger and especially the shot when he emerges with the shield and the like baton thing that was a hardcore shot that looks so cool and just yeah as you said it's like a different fight in every section because it just the tactics change the weaponry changes and is done really really well and yeah but r5 and the mouse droids so cool so this is the chunk of the episode where i think it's at its strongest because then it cuts mm. to the the mandalorians flying in on jetpacks with bo katan leading them with the dark saber and charging I felt that to be a really cool shot at the very mm-hmm. least. And the aerial fighting was awesome just to see all this like live action fighting in the air with Mandalorians is something that we've never really seen before. So I was really pumped to see that. And, but the one thing that doesn't make sense is why is the armor still fighting with just the hammer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to spoil, not spoil this maybe, but I didn't like it as much as you did. I think, just it reminded me of the arena in on Geonosis with like a thousand Jedi and just like there's just too many people. I loved seeing all of the Mandalorians, it was amazing. But it what well, it had kind of that like episode two vibe, if you know what I'm saying. Well, that gives that's a conversation I think that uh for me leads into the problem of the Mandalorian as a whole. 
but yeah. we can talk about that a little bit later. And I want to kind of divorce that from the visual sights seeing mm-hmm. of just like all these people fighting in the air like that. Yeah, so like the cool. same thing with the with Geonosis, the first battle of Geonosis. I didn't really like the idea of all these Jedi just here all at once, but seeing them just fighting was kind of cool and they're different like battles. So it's just like what you're watching versus the thought process is a little bit um, mm. or like the context of it is is a little bit meh. But when we're talking about at least like the shot of uh, Bo-Katan like, kind of leading with the Darksaber and then all this aerial fighting and different um, choreography within that. So when um, Costca Reeves uh, dips down and uses her knee uh, rockets to kill a, an Imperial Stormtrooper or just a creativity mm-hmm. with fighting in the air, which adds a little dy- a different dynamic to combat, which is something that we don't really see that often. It's not to say that it was the most creatively done. I think that it could have been a lot more creative, but it gave us something that we haven't seen. So I just thought that for that point, it was interesting to me. Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of foreshadows something that I think Moff Gideon says later that, uh, you know, Mandalorians without their gadgets are kind of useless. But here we see the gadgets in full force, which I kind of like. Yeah, for sure. And then also, as this battle's happening, we have on the other side Din and his adventures with the Grogu, and they enter the command room of Gideon, and we kind of finally get to see what Gideon's plan was. We get the reveal mm-hmm. that this whole thing wasn't to clone Snoke or to clone the Emperor. It was instead to clone himself as a Jedi. Um, and sorry. And then <laughs> <laughs> we get Din destroying all of them with the press of a button somehow. Yeah. Um, and uh. just, and then we get a monologue by, uh, Moff Gideon where he explains his evil plan, just like any villain in any show or movie before him. He was so mad. It was so comical. Like he speaks with such like, he's so upset, like personally, like he has a bond to his clones that like ha- haven't even lived yet. Like haven't even taken a single breath yet. And he talks about them so like in like as though he has such a like emotional bond to them, and it's of course it's like kind of a power thing as well. But it, it the way it was portrayed made me seem like he was like uh, I don't know like like a like a father almost, and it was really weird. Yeah, I mean, it did. I mean, it goes with. I mean, okay, we can talk about we, the uh, we weirdness can... of clo- like doing a, an army, creating an army of yourself with force powers. Also, <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't really like this, and also it's just like such a letdown from all the potential thought process that we could have done, and mm. also just like the way they revealed information. For example, when they went to the um, the secret base on Navarro, where you have also the cloning information, and you get, I think, a really interesting way to reveal information through just um, a hologram. And you have yeah. a hologram left for someone else that you just get some side pieces and nuggets. That's really cool. And then here they just like, with no context, no backdrop, nothing all season, they just dump all of this on you just because they want to get it's like they wrote themselves into a hole and didn't know how to write, at, write themselves out of it. So they're just like, alright, we're just going to throw away away this season in this episode and just in this whole narrative structure and just be like okay whatever and with such bad writing as well like the amount of times we've seen in this 
episode and just the season overall like oh look at this like clearly pointing out something to someone else who is a stand-in for the audience it's like where has all the good storytelling of the sorry talking about seasons again but it's just something that occurred in this episode as well it's just like why do you do this why you i we have literally seen you doing better for two seasons and what the fuck happened that now you suddenly forgot how to write good dialogue yeah not great um yeah not fun and also they forgot how to create new creative battle sequences like if you just the next scene where din jaren starts to fight with uh moff gideon and what it's just so much worse than last season like Mm -hmm. last season the fight between them was so captivating and then this one is just fine let's just get it over with not that interesting like okay whatever and then bo-katan comes and swings like into the vines or whatever and she's just like go save your kid and grogu has been gone with the praetorian guard for like 20 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever and she's like she somehow already knows where grogu is and it just makes things are just making no sense in terms of space and time and Mm. also power scaling they're able to like attack and kill the praetorian guard like it's nothing like dinjarin just shoots one in the chest and it dies like that and then also like it he fights them with no um like no weapons and grogu just barely being able to use the force where in the last jedi for example the praetorian guard needed to be taken down by like two of the most powerful force users in history so it's just like it makes no sense in terms of this entire battle like this fight sequence from top to bottom and also ugh, whatever um no I'm get just, it no. get it all out there no no it's just like things like okay i hate okay there's easy to <laughs> hate on some things right if it's just objectively bad yeah. and a lot of this is objectively bad but the one thing where i think is actually an interesting idea but um i hate the execution of it which is object is which is arguably worse than just being bad is where Moff Gideon destroys the Darksaber in the battle with Bo-Katan. Mm. Really interesting idea to destroy the, the Darksaber, to take it off the table. That's a cool, yeah. interesting. So, like, where does leadership come from in Mandalore after that? We'll deal with the consequences of that. Uh, the consequences are not even thought of here. But the Darksaber is just, like, destroyed so subtly, uh, no, so, so suddenly, and in such a way that is so anticlimactic, where... I like where they're the idea of it. There. There's a kernel of a beautiful idea about questions of leadership and legitimacy and identity, even when it comes to being a Mandalorian and Bo-Katan and all of this in her relationship with the Darksaber is there. But it's just like not at all satisfactory to what we want. And it is just like destroyed basically like half hat like haphazardly in a fight with Moff Gideon he just crushes it like Mm. it's nothing and it uh it's never brought up again it is so depressing that that's the end of the life of the Darksaber in the history of Star Wars and it it really makes me sad that this is what we've come to it feels like either they're going to just not mention it at all or like it won't be much of a thing in the future or they're, or they're thinking, oh, we'll fix that for season four. Like, we still have time to think about what we're going to do with that later on. Neither of which is a good choice. And it's just, yeah, as I said, it's so, I, I, I'm going to I think it's disrespectful to the Darksaber as such an iconic item with with a huge cultural meaning 
for one of the most sort of famous, well-known and liked planets in the galaxy. And it's just like, just like that. And we don't even mention it. Uh, I mean, it's better than having Bo do like a Luke in episode five, no scream, I guess. But still, it's just like, yeah, and it happens and that's it. And yeah, I don't know. I was, I was also, I felt sort of offended. And you just like, he throws it away. You you get like one shot of it and that's it. And it's like nothing nothing happens maybe the armor is trying going to try to fix it in the like relit forge of mandalore or whatever bullshit but in the in the moment i I just thought okay this is not good i don't think they're going to come back to it namely because i think they're going to go in the direction how they ended this season i don't think that we're going to see mandalore again or much of mandalore again yeah Uh, we might see bo katan we might see some of these things he'll go back to mandalore but i don't think it's going to be as big of a crucial story beat as it is in this season and i think that's for the better Uh, just leave it behind honestly guys (laughs) yeah please please don't ruin it further yeah so here we are and Moff Gideon has died, of course, and there's a huge fire flame, and Grogu protects them from the for- from, from it from with the Force. And yeah, there we are. Um, and then the <laughs> so sequence is over. Um. <laughs> By the way, I wrote, I wrote in my notes, Grogu saves Bo and Din with the Force before it happened on screen because it was so obvious what's going to happen. You're totally right when it comes to seeing it. You can see it coming from a mile away, and it just makes no sense. And for reasons why, just go watch Rebels. I'm not going to say anything more. Yeah. yeah. Also, I I go back and forth about the idea of Axe like crashing the ship into the base. I was like, it's kind of it's all. It's obviously not as epic as like the Holdo maneuver from Episode Eight, but it had kind of the feeling. And then he, but then he just saves himself still and like that is like deus ex machina e destroying everyone that you know except obviously the people we care about and it's just like this it's a bit much like that's maybe the uh the feeling i have about this episode in general and that's sort of the like indication of of it like the perfect example and it's like yeah i don't know i don't know how i feel about that meh is how i feel yes exactly there was cool stuff in this episode in the sequences the fight sequences there's some cool things here um seeing grogu just jump around is always cute and laughing as he's like running away from praetorian guards that was insane though like think about the timeline like how many minutes that they spent just jabbing at grogu who just runs around in a circle (laughs) on the top of the thing uh that'd be like (laughs) they must be so frustrated i think we can we can do better than this. What are we doing? Um, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'd like to think that they're like the bottom of the burial Praetorian guards. They're really crappy, yeah. and they were just like they barely passed their exams with like C minus or whatever. Yeah, and that that's why they got sent there because the uh, the guys from the council are like, okay, we kind of have to give you what you asked for now, but we're gonna send you the shit ones. <laughs> yes, I love that idea. This is great headcanon. <laughs> give me this in reality. <laughs> That first day on the job. <laughs> A shitty first day. Yeah. <laughs> but we move on to the post-battle scenes where <sighs> we get more details in how Mandalorian law works. For some reason, it's like this. Um, we resume with Ragnar's um, baptism and 
it just because they never did it because there was a big monster in there but whatever mm-hmm. for some reason they never did it uh so they baptize this this the Vizsla kid and then um Grogu shows up and Din's like I want him to do it but they're like no he can't because he can't speak but but what if I was his dad and then okay you can adopt him and then uh, apparently everything's fine and also just like that like as somebody who lives in Germany I'm like is there no paperwork he has to fill out <laughs> yeah it just makes no sense why whatever <laughs> let the records show that Din jar and then also yeah. apparently Din is his last name yeah uh, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> the the fucking name Din Grogu is like, are you fucking kidding me? It's this, like they didn't think uh, this through at all. Yeah. And then they realize, oh crap, we can't name this kid Grogu Jaren. That'd be so hard. So let's just yeah. like change everything and say Din Grogu. Uh, just, this, this is a weird pull, but have you, I mean, you are probably familiar with the Twilight movies, but have you watched them? And like, no. Do you know? Okay. There is a thing. I guess spoilers for the last Twilight movie. I could care less. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe someone in the audience cares. I don't know. There is, so you you have the like, I don't know, main person, Bella and Edward, and he's a vampire and she's a human, blah, blah, blah. And they fall in love and everything. And then they have a child in the last, in the last book slash movie. And they call her Renesme, which is a like, a combination of the words of like two two women like renee and esme and it was like it's like this level of ridiculous terrible 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 terrible, terrible. din grogu are you fucking kidding me it's <sighs> whatever i don't i'm not mad that mad at the name no 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 like on, on a grand scheme of things it's fine <laughs> but it's just like oh this again like stupid naming conventions for for star wars no, I'm just mad at the logic. Like, yeah. in terms of why are they just doing this to, um, like, it makes no sense why his last name would be Din Grogu versus Din Jaren and Jaren Din. Explain these things to us. Show it, like, create um, some confidence in us and then also make proceedings of logistical stuff interesting and not mm. just hand wavy and in that ways it does feel like prequely and it's just not great um but i guess moving on we can kind of wrap up our conversation of the season by talking about the last couple of sequences where he goes to the new republic base and offers to be basically um an assassin body bounty hunter for them on a case-by-case basis and then they go back to navarro and basically they're resetting. They're hitting reset on the entire show. And the last scene we have is a very typical Western scene with a, uh, a cowboy sitting on his porch in his like little rural ranch. And yeah. we have Grogu sitting in the front playing with frogs and trying to eat some more stuff as he always wants to do. And uh, IG-11 is the new sheriff in town. So yeah, sure. So nice. sorry. I, I could not. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I would, <laughs> You could not yeah. care less is what you're no, trying to say. <laughs> no, I would say I was trying to say that I wouldn't be remiss if I didn't mention ah, that as well, there but I came out wrong because I cannot yeah. speak. Yeah, you're just despondent about this. <laughs> so, Rashad, the season, this season of The Mandalorian, season three, how do you feel about it? <laughs> or do you want me to go first? Not great. Not great. <laughs> I think that, and this is the rumors that I have heard about this season that make me feel not as completely insulted is that um, Dave Filoni, who has, you know, 
we credit for all the good things in this show, yeah. has uh, been not as involved with this season of television and has been barely involved. He only has one co-credited writing on this season anyways. Um, and that is because he's been focused on Ahsoka. And if that's the case, worth it. I love it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Throw, everything into, throw everything into Ahsoka, please. If that's not the case, <laughs> I have a lot of other things to say. But something that something about this season really does make me think that this isn't really like this isn't the product of a Dave Filoni thing. Nope, it's and absolutely not. It just reads to me that it is too many ha- too many cooks, or too many chefs in the kitchen, or whatever. And it is just not thought through, and f- really feels like it is. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like the rest of the Mandalorian at all. And mm-hmm. it's not exciting in any way. It is such a big drop off. It is basically at the level of or maybe in some place no level of like Obi-Wan or Boba Fett. Yep. Uh, absolutely. And I think that's fine. And just like it is Is it? No, no, no. It's, it's fine if Ahsoka's great. Everything will ah. be redeemed by Ahsoka yeah. in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, setting us up for failure. Ahsoka is the most important Disney Plus show. Ever. Yeah, ever. <laughs> and I can't imagine if it's bad, it's fine. It's bad. And we know who's in charge of that and we can change our entire opinion of Dave Filoni. Yeah, sure. But he's the one who brought us the Mandalorian and who really brought us those couple of seasons of television that were just phenomenal. Um and I think for me it's it's quite easy to rank the seasons. Um for me the second one's the best, first one is after that slightly less than that and then there's a huge gap and then there's this third season not even on the same sheet of paper exactly what makes me saddest about this season though is that i was really excited to learn more about mandalorians to get more diversity about mandalorians to really get into it and it's kind of ruined mandalorians to me in some ways Uh, Not entirely, because I'm still interested in them, and I'm still like, I have enough background with the Clone Wars and with Rebels and those things that are really saving this for me, (laughs) this whole planet, unfortunately. But I really want to see what comes next. And it really, it hasn't soured me on Star Wars entirely, because we did have, um, I really like Tales of the Jedi. You haven't watched it yet. Andor was obviously incredible mm-hmm. Ahsoka's coming out this year which i have really high hopes for visions is coming out in a couple weeks which i also love because visions the first yeah. season of visions was incredible so there's enough star wars things that i think are still good but it, it is it is kind of a bad sign not a bad sign it's just sad that the the flagship show of the entire star wars universe right now was a just a dud for an entire season. <laughs> yeah uh, I mean, it's it's just, I think I mentioned this earlier. I realized over the last few episodes, I'm just not invested. I just don't care watching this. It's I think the, the comparison with Book of Boba and Obi-Wan is uh, very apt. That's something that I came up with as well. And it's just, uh, I don't know. I'm very disappointed. I guess that goes to show, as you said, John Favreau doesn't know shit, and it's it was all Dave Filoni all along. And you said something you said about this last episode that I think applies to the entire season. It's just it's hand wavy, and that's not was what the Mandalorian ever was. So 
I, I'm very curious to see where they're going with this in the sense that I'm pretty sure they're gonna, you know, do more bounty hunter y stuff, obviously, in season four. But maybe this I can just in my head decanonize this season and just say, okay, this was a bad one, but it's not super consequential to the rest of the show. And then if I ever rewatch the entirety of Mandalorian, just don't watch this one. Like if I were was going to watch Star Wars movies, I would, there were there would be some that I just wouldn't watch. And uh, yeah, I agree. There were definitely some gr- highlights this year. Obviously, Andor, Tales of the Jedi, Visions. I'm also super happy about coming back. Uh, I mean, I say Tales of a Jedi. I haven't seen it yet, but I assume it's going to be good, <laughs> honestly. And yeah, I'm just. I'm just I'm not I'm not even mad Mandalorian. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they're going in the right direction because a reset of the show at the end of this season, the way that they framed it shows me that they're going back to the basics. They're going back yeah. to the adventures of Din and Grogu, and that's fine. Sorry, we can't say Din and Grogu anymore. Jaren and Grogu? <sighs> Din Jaren and Din Grogu. <sighs> the Fuck Din off. family? Whatever. I'm going to keep yeah. calling them Din and Grogu. I don't care. Mando and Baby Yoda, let's go back to the beginnings <laughs> for real. Yeah, so that's basically going to be the show for season four. And if it's that, I'm fine with that. That yeah. would be okay. It doesn't have to be as spectacular and integrative as season two, as long as it's not as bad as season three. Give us just like the week adventure of the week with Din and Grogu, and that's fine. So that's okay. And actually, I have to say that I think Boba Fett was actually better than this show because mm-hmm. we had two episodes of The Mandalorian in that show, which were freaking phenomenal. <laughs> they were better than this season, which is insane. The whole thing is, okay, say we take this season, we take yeah. the two episodes that were in Boba Fett, we make them the season premiere and the second episode of the season, we remove the middle of the season that was absolute <laughs> trash, and then we just yeah. have the Mandalore arc, which was like four to six episodes. That's it. We have an eight-episode season, including those two episodes of The Mandalorian and then what they did on Mandalore. That's fine. That's a much better season. It's still not great because mm-hmm. of the Mandalore stuff wasn't great, especially near the end. But that is already so much better than what they, they did for season three. It just the This season was dead on arrival when all of a sudden you had to watch Boba Fett and they made the yeah. most consequential choice of this show in another TV show. So if you come to this show, you have no context for anything. It's just, it it is dumbfounding to me that they made that choice and therefore this show was dead on arrival or the season of the television. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it just goes back to something I've been wondering uh, and I have it here in my notes as well. I was like, who greenlit this season? Who, like, read through the scripts and thought, yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs> it's so stupid. And maybe it does need someone like Dave Filoni who is so well-versed in the lore to just point out things to writers saying this doesn't make any sense this is not like th- like you know all of the holes but also from a storytelling perspective it's just very weak and yeah i guess i'm happy to return to the mandalorian formula as it was and yeah i don't know in, in the meantime we're gonna have some more shows coming out that i'm much more excited about and yeah, I just hope they don't fuck it. Fuck so just a tease for you, um, Tales of the Jedi. Who cre- who do you think created it? Tales of the Jedi? Uh, I mean, I know it's basically about Ahsoka and Kantuku, right? 
Um, I'm not going to say anything other than who do you think created it? Who was the creative mind behind it? I don't know that many people. Who, <laughs> so I'm just going to say Dave Filoni, which it is, is Dave Filoni. Yes? Yes. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Essentially, it was the pet project of Dave Filoni on the side and he wanted to do it. And they were like, okay, sure, do what you want. Okay. It's animated. It's cheap. Cool. <laughs> so that'll give you like a sense of um, what I think about the show. <laughs> um, okay. At least compared to this trash fire trash fire. the season. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, but here we are. There's a lot to be excited for. Um, we're going to come back with you about with our reactions of Tales of the Jedi in the next few weeks, as well as Visions in the next few weeks. No real schedule for it. We'll we'll let you know when it's going to come. And then also, we'll also come in whatever month it is, in July, August, whatever, when Ahsoka comes out. Actually, hold on. I should probably look it up. Yeah, is it that? Th- I thought it was like end of the year. Um, nope, it is August 2023. So we got the summer to relax and reset our Star Wars brains before we hopefully get a great show. Cool. All right. And I guess with that said, uh, I don't know if you have anything else for me, Chris, before we move on and move on with our lives for a few months. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm glad I didn't have to go through this alone. So thank you, Rashad. <laughs> thank you, Chris. And thank you for listening, everyone out there. And if you like the show, if you want to support the show, just, you know, Support us in any way you want. Send us money. <laughs> no. Send us money. <laughs> Subscribe to the show. Uh, rate us. That also helps for visibility reasons. And, uh, you know, send, if you have some feedback, send that in. You, we have a contact uh, form on our website, serialtalk.com. And, yeah, we'd love to hear from you in any way, shape, or form. Bye. Bye.